Hello, and welcome to Living Her Legacy, a podcast created to celebrate and serve mamas who are choosing to live their best life after starting their family. I'm your host, Jill Sutton, and thank you so much for joining today. On today's episode, we have Courtney, a mama who radically transformed her life, going from a single mama in an engineering department to really slowing down and listening to what her needs were, finding her values and going for them 100%. She now opened up her own practice called Nayama Love and is homeschooling her son. And she just has a lot of wisdom in this transition. And obviously anytime you change from something known to unknown, it can be scary, but I love this conversation and I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Courtney. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm quite excited to be here. So, so am I, I would love for you to just introduce yourself, maybe say who you are, where you're from and what you're doing now. Sure. So my name is Courtney. I am owner operator of Nyama Love uh, and I'm based out of St. Thomas, Ontario, but I do branch out into other areas. I kind of have a little bit of a nomadic business as I like to call it. Um, And this is a bit of a newer journey for me. So I had a complete life transformation when well, probably about two and a half years ago. So I went from a single mother living in survival mode, constant fight or flight, um, uh, working in a male-dominated industry in the engineering department, only female, um, very uh, fast-paced environment to completely slowing everything down to starting this business. Um, My son's now homeschooled um, and he was in the public system before. So it's a complete life transformation. Almost every single aspect of my life you could probably say has changed since um, probably about two and a half years ago. So, and a lot of the modalities that I share in with my business are actually what I utilize to help myself on this journey. So I figured, okay, well, if these have modalities have helped me, I, I felt in, like compelled to share them with others who who might resonate with it. So, so yeah, that's kind of like led me on my path, passion and journey um, up until now. Yeah. I'm sure that transformation was not easy. It's always so hard to let go of something we're used to, even if it's not good for us. Right. Tell me yes. a little bit about how that came about. Like, what was the deciding factor that you were just like, I need a change. Um. Well, I think when I kind of always deep down knew I wanted a change, um, I am actually, I'm kind of a person that always loved change. I was always, okay, I've been there, done that. Let's do the next thing. So this kind of energy that I'm in right now, where I'm sitting with it a little bit more is a shift from that energy back then. So I was always ready for a change. I was always ready for a shift, but it didn't really really start to resonate until we were all kind of locked down for Mm -hmm. the pandemic. So, um, I was home with my son. I had to be home with my son. I had no care for him. I was the only parent. Um, and it was just him and myself and that was it. And, I loved it. I was so happy. I was at peace. I was like, my goodness, what am I doing going to work every single day? Because I would have to leave him in daycare for longer periods of the day because it was just myself. And uh, yeah, I just, I remember saying, you know what, I really would appreciate a partner that I could work together with. And then a couple months later, that happened. And then a couple months later, 
I was like, yeah, you know, I really feel like this, this job just really isn't what it used to be. And I just, I can't be the person I want to be in this space. And fast forward four months later and my career shifted. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I was also experiencing that I wasn't, I, I wasn't enjoying the experience my son was having in the public system. And I found before I went to part-time homeschool, I found someone who was doing kind of like their own learning pod kind of thing. So it was just kind of like a one after the other. It just kind mm-hmm. of happened. And it was like, yeah, I really don't like this anymore. And the universe was like, okay, how about this? And it was like, okay. <laughs> Mind you, um, much like you mentioned, though, the it wasn't always easy. It wasn't an easy journey. And it, because so many things changed so quickly, it was just kind of like, okay, try to take a deep breath at some point and just process all of this changing and all of this shifting. So so for myself, I was definitely a person who always enjoyed change. So I was very, I was comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, though, it was, I wasn't expecting every single aspect of my life to change that quickly (laughs) yeah you really ran the whole yeah top down right everything shifted yep definitely definitely yeah so tell me is it is it Nayama how do you say it again Nayama how did that come about and when in this process did you decide to start this so it was I had thought about it a little bit before um, I discontinued working with my previous employer and I was like, and I knew I wanted to, and I remember, and I remember kind of sitting at my desk and being like, what do I want to do? Like, what am I passionate about? And on my lunch break, of course. (laughs) And, uh, and I just remember thinking like, I just want to help people. And I think what kind of ended up happening was I had to learn how to help myself before I could help other people but very quickly um, I had always always known about Reiki I was um, a Reiki client like I would have Reiki sessions done repeatedly for myself um, for healing and then the notion of becoming a teacher myself kind of popped in and the opportunity arose very quickly and it was just kind of like okay let's ride the wave and let's do this because it was something I really enjoyed myself experiencing and I just I wanted to expand on that so and then that kind of became a healing modality for myself and then realizing that I could also support others with it as well kind of led into the Nyama love so before um, before I was Nyama love I was here with Courtney and that was just basically the bulk of the business that I had um, and then very quickly it ended up shifting and changing so then I ended up completing I always I loved yoga so then I started mm-hmm. okay well why don't I start teaching it now and then um, so I got certified uh, for yoga teaching Um, and then I expanded on that as well. So Ohana generational healing is an energy healing practice as well, um, because I experienced it myself. So I'm like, okay, well, why don't, so it just, I kept adding to the list of, Mm -hmm. of modalities that I experienced myself to be able to share them with other people. And then that's kind of how Nyama love kind of grew and the name changed because I wanted it to be just like a, a container and a space to observe from a place of non-attachment and experience from a place of non-attachment so that that way we have a better understanding of what we are experiencing. Um, So that's essentially like the premise of Nyama is one of the eight limbs of yoga um, and it's the observance aspect. So you're very much associated with um, 
uh, the different levels of your life, but seeing them and understanding them versus before just going and ex- and doing. Um, mm. So you bring in that consciousness and that awareness more. So I really wanted to um, help people start with that. So yeah, so that's kind of where that went to. So I was kind yeah. of going to ask you where the name came from. So you answered that. So it is like a branch of, what did you call it? A branch of yoga? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, the eight limbs of yoga. So eight yes, limbs. it's one Thank of the of yoga. Yep. Awesome. Oh my goodness. So I'm a physical therapist by background, but just like you said, as a person who wants to help somebody, uh, you do kind of just add tools to your tool belt is what we always call it. Like, you know, add a new Avenue, like, Hey, this is working in this area. I want to, I want to know more about it. And you learn everything you can about it. And now you can use that when treating your clients. I think that's amazing. Um, yep. So have you always had like an interest in yoga or was that new, like in the last few years before starting this? Um, yoga has been a part of my life for a very long time. So I actually, my grandmother was very big into yoga. So when I was eight years old, I would hang out with her in the living room and we'd practice hands or headstands and, Mm -hmm. you know, like she'd show me a couple poses. So it's always kind of been there in my life. I didn't actually start practicing more consistently until I started getting older. I was about 18 when I started Mm -hmm. making it a part of my routine. Um, and then since then it's been an on and off thing. So it hasn't been like, I've been consistently practicing for the last, you know, 15 years. It's been very much like, okay, well it's, it's right now it's serving me right now. This is serving me. It's a very seasonal Mm -hmm. kind of practice for myself as well. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love that. Cause I didn't really, I'm kind of in the same boat as far as I didn't really even know much about yoga until probably about college, you know, college age and, um, and then fell in love with it. But I'm like you, where it's kind of like, I'll do it for a while. Or like, you know, when I was on a travel rotation, I found like this really cool studio and I did it for the eight weeks I was there and then kind of moved on with my life and, and it fell by the wayside for a little bit, something, you know, I was doing something else, but I just, yeah, I love it. I love how grounding it is. I love the thought process. I love the connection, mind, body. Um, especially as a physical therapist, like that means a lot to me as far as like body awareness and things like that. So feeling, feeling your feelings in your body, right? Yes, a hundred percent and holding space for those feelings that you're holding in your body. I think like that's another aspect of my, like my, my business that um, is super, I try to incorporate all together is the emotions that you're holding in your body sometimes manifest in, in, um, physical ways. Mm-hmm. So it's just understanding that. And then that kind of brings in the Reiki side of it as well, because then you're not just dealing with a physical ailment. You're understanding what the emotional attachment is to that ailment and where it really has, where it really comes from as well. So I definitely, um, Oh, I love, yes. I, I'm so glad you mentioned that. The importance of mind, body, spirit, and incorporating all of it together so that that way you can really, really understand what's what's happening for sure. For those that are not as familiar maybe with Reiki, can you kind of explain it a little bit? Yeah, so um, Reiki is an energy healing practice. Um, there's a lot of practitioners out there. There's different uh, divisions of Reiki. So um, the uh, modality that I work with is Reiki, but it's Usai. So that's one of the original ones. There's other ones out there. Oh my goodness, I can't recall off the top of my head. Um, but they kind of work with different symbols. Um, so 
uh, as a master, I have symbols that I can use during the practice to help bring in energy, to help uh, bring in a specific type of energy. So like either an emotional healing or amplified energy or um, Kundalini energy. So it's very much, um, so basically I'll just kind of go through what you would experience, I guess, in a, yeah. in a session. So I have a massage table uh, with some pillows and a couple blankets. So a very relaxing experience. I incorporate sound healing as well. And we do a little bit of breath work just to calm and, you know, really sink into the space. Um, and then once we're relaxed and we've done the sound healing and the breath work, um, I will then basically draw the symbols on my hands and then I will go over all the different chakras. So I even incorporate other chakras, but I can talk more about that after. Um, so I'll go over all of the different chakras. Um, so the way that I practice, I don't actually practice with physical touch until I get to your knees, ankles, and feet. Um, I actually keep space between the person and my hands so that that way I can differentiate between, um, energy their energy and my my energy like what I'm actually feeling so that that way um say for example like if I'm touching someone then my focus might be on the sensation of touch versus the energy transfer um so I personally don't work with touch uh from basically the head down to the knees um other practitioners do um it's very different from session to session from practitioner to practitioner so um i have sessions that last 30 minutes up to an hour i've had a client for an hour and a half before um yeah it definitely depends on the session and the individual for sure so do you do kind of like a subjective like history beforehand or how do they present to you like what do they come to you and say hey I've had yes. migraines for whatever, or, you know, what, what is their kind of, um, subjective history, I guess. That's a good question. I do have an intake form, uh, mm -hmm. that does go over medical history because we of course have to be, you know, cognizant and aware of any medical history, because sometimes people do come in to support things that they are working on and that they are healing. So, um, so yeah, so definitely that those questions are always brought up, um, especially with the initial intake form. And then prior to beginning any session, there is dialogue. So I'll always ask how you're feeling, refer to the last session. Um, and then at the end of the session, we go over a synopsis of what we're feeling in different uh, chakras, where energy moved, where energy didn't move. And there's a little bit of an intuitive aspect of it as well um so like sharing anything that any any kind of messages that come through or anything like that something i feel compelled to share don't know why but here here's this information kind of thing as well mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but definitely uh very important to have that initial discussion the intake form completed with the dialogue of what what that person's there for for sure that really gives a better idea of kind of you know some people have no idea what to expect and that's that holds them up from experiencing it, right? They just yes. that kind of like, oh, I'm a little intimidated by it. I don't really know much about it. But I think kind of getting that rundown is just gives a little bit more like, okay, I, I can do this. I know what I'm doing now. 
Yes, 100%. It can be a little intimidating because sometimes you'll speak to people and they'll be like, oh, I had this session and all this stuff happened. And it sounds intimidating. So and I and I can understand that for sure, especially if you don't know what to anticipate and what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I do also like to very much reiterate that I don't work with physical touch on certain mm-hmm. parts of the body, on most of the body, just so that that way there's a little bit more of that comfortable feeling too. like you can relax in in the space like you don't have to you know some people aren't always comfortable with physical touch so yeah Mm -hmm, definitely mm -hmm. now I know a lot of these changes in your life happened after having your child but is there any impact that you feel like has kind of like motivated you or pushed you since being a mom yes um kind of all of it so because yeah like (laughs) yeah um for sure, because I wasn't always a single mom. I was in a partnership with my son's father uh, for a few years. Um, and then it kind of, it wasn't working out. Um, so it very much led to that bringing me into that survival state because prior to meeting him, mm-hmm. all of the, all the energy work, the meditation, the yoga, um, the peaceful practice, purposeful practice, all of that was a huge aspect of my life. And uh, at that aspect, when I had my son and I was in that partnership, it was almost like I lost a piece of myself and lost that aspect of myself um, because I ended up go switching and going into that survival mode of oh my goodness I have a child now I have to provide for this child make sure this child's happy healthy nourished and like my mind completely shifted from any self-care to everything needs to be about this this child and 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 Mm -hmm. his needs essentially so um yeah so I kind of and then after experiencing that and living in that space for for x amount of years and like probably for about two three years um, living in that survival mode and living in that, like, okay, we're doing good because we're alive and we have food on the table and we have a roof over our head kind of realizing that, okay, well, those needs are being met now, but the emotional support needs to be there too. Like, is this really fulfilling? Do I want him to live robotically or do I want him to follow his dreams? And you know what I mean? And in order to do that, I really wanted to, okay, well, I feel as though I should live by example so that Mm -hmm. that way he has an example to kind of like gauge things off of. Mm -hmm. Like there's still an aspect where he sees, like, for example, my partner is still in the nine to five, but myself, I'm very lucky to be able to expand on, okay, my passion now so that that way we can shift and he can Mm -hmm. experience Mm -hmm. that part of life as well. So, so yeah, so it's definitely been a lot of the focus is always having my son in mind, always having, you know what I mean? Like it's, you're never just thinking for yourself anymore, um, Mm -hmm. kind of mentality. Whereas now I'm starting to understand and I'm starting to learn too the importance of, well, have learned the importance of the self self-care and honoring yourself too because then you're teaching them that you need to honor your own needs before you can really support the needs of others as well so that's definitely been part of the transition as well um almost like honoring my needs to letting everything go and then coming around full circle to like following your path and honoring yourself so that that way you can live by example yeah it's it's definitely been an interesting interesting path to watch unravel for sure especially with incorporating a child for sure I think it's a really common uh transition I would call it maybe because 
I feel like, you know, yeah, when you are just yourself or in a relationship with another adult, um, you're really just taking care of yourself. Like, you know, you don't have to like take care of them usually, you know, in most sense. And then you have this kid and it's very, it's very hard to figure out that balance, right? Because you do, you love them so much. You care for them so much. You'll do anything for them, right? But it's also learning, like you still have to take care of yourself first. And, you know, you, you hear it all the time, like put the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on the child or, you know, put on a fellow passenger or whatever. And it doesn't really click. I don't think until it finally clicks, like there's no timeline, but like, just like you said, it took like two years. It was about the same for me. It was after having my second daughter that I was just like, I need to take care of myself. Like I need to figure out something that I love again, get into something that I love again and connect with people. You know, it just, it took a while, but once I hit it, I was like, oh my goodness. And this helps me be a better parent. I'm able to like self-reflect on situations that we go through. Um, you know, if I'm like really like, um, anxious or, you know, come on, come on kids, hurry up, put your shoes on, you know? And I'm like, I'm the one that's like creating this energy of, of, I don't know, like just it has to happen now. And then I'm like, where's that coming from? Like, that's not the kids. Like, that's totally me. And I have to do a lot of this self-reflection work, but I don't think it would have started had I not like kind of taken that step back and been like, I need to care for myself. I need to put myself first. I need to make sure that my needs are met in order to help meet their needs and be the best parent we can be, right? Yes, a hundred percent. And I love how you touch base too on um, understanding, like, so for example, the example you gave of, um, you know, putting your shoes on and going quickly and understanding that it's uh, pressure that you're putting on, but where's that mm -hmm. pressure coming from? I think um, that has been a huge tool uh, in my toolbox is taking a step back and really understanding that, really understanding my relationship with the situation and really understanding my, my perspective or like what, what belief system or what, um, yeah, like what belief system is coming into play right now? Like, do I need to be quick right now? Because I have to be on time and I have to make sure that I'm not late and everything has to be a certain way. Or am I just taking time and knowing that, you know what I mean? Everything is going to work out. And it's very, I agree. I think that's one of the hardest things about self-care is because, we always kind of feel that we need to make sure that others around us are taken care of first. If others around us are happy, then we can be happy. Mm -hmm. Whereas sometimes it's the actual opposite where if we're at peace, then others around us have an easier time being at peace. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. focusing inward reflects outward to the environment around us. And I think that's, I love that you touch base on that for sure. That's a, a huge aspect of what I share as well. So like in a lot of the workshops that I do, I'll do um, like a journaling uh, portion. So like I, I took a conscious parenting course and it completely changed my life and perspective, to be honest with you as well. So that was one of the other tools added to the toolbox. Yeah. Um, and it just basically gave me the space for myself to reflect on myself to kind of like give myself the attention that I actually needed even not just as a, an adult but the attention that I needed when I was a child 
-hmm. you know what I mean that you know doing that inner child work the conscious parenting course wasn't just about me parenting my child it was about me parenting myself and my my relationship with myself and what my beliefs are and how I project that out into the world so um that was definitely a huge game changer as well and then understanding the importance of that self-care and then that led to so much more of like the leading by example or living by example for my son as well is saying no to him and taking a break and not having to say yes all the time and and not just from the perspective of like no don't do that because you're going to hurt yourself no don't do that because mommy needs her time too right now kind of thing mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. yeah definitely so yeah that's one of the things too I was just reflecting on this weekend is how um, the phrase more things are caught than taught with children like they usually observe you and can they can just take in that information more than if you were just to tell them something right yeah. and um in the example of for this weekend was uh running for me so I like to run but I run before the kids wake up so it's not even something that they really see uh but I do usually come home from my run sweaty and they're like just getting out of bed and I'll go shower well my daughter ran her second race this weekend and was just like so excited because she ran this race and, and it was just like cute. Cause it was like, oh my gosh, like she's really proud of herself. And it's something that mommy does. And she was just so happy to do it. But like, I've never said to her like, Hey, let's go run or you need to, you need to start running or anything like that. I mean, she's, she's five, but, but you know, like it just, it's crazy. Just what is really soaked up by just you living your life. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love that. I honestly, I can have, I have the same, a similar example, um, actually from just last night and it was, um, my son, for example, and I've never said to him, like, you need to sit down and meditate. You need to do yoga or anything like that. Um, he just knows that I go and I teach yoga or I, um, sorry, mommy has to go to, you know, hold the meditation and then mommy will be back kind of thing. And then, yeah, just last night, he set up a bunch of crystals in a circle in the living room. And he said, no, mommy, I need some space. I need to meditate right now. And he's like, and I'm like, oh, do you want me to, so I asked him, I'm like, do you want me to put on some, uh, some relaxing music, some meditation music for you? Yes, mommy, I would. Yes. Can you do that, please? And then, and then after, can we do some yoga? I said, yeah, sure, buddy, we can do that. Never at any point have I been like, buddy, you need to, cause let's be real trying to tell your kid to sit down and be still for like any right. time at all. Like why even bother? Right. For right. Sure. So I love that. Yeah, definitely. But you're right. Definitely that, that whole aspect of seeing and then doing and that mm -hmm. seeing the example and then okay I see now why mommy enjoys these things are like oh cool I want to do that too you know and and I I love that and that kind of goes hand in hand with why I wanted to branch away from where my like the the schooling that my son was experiencing mm -hmm. because I was such a um an example of learning by example and he absorbs, he would absorb so much. And, um, you know, there were a couple aspects where I was like, you know, I don't know if this environment is really good because I feel like he doesn't soak in the things that they're teaching. He soaks in the experiences that he mm. has around him. So, so it was kind of like, okay, well, not that I want to have full, but I want to be able to support that in a healthy way. Um, so it kind of led to this transition from from learning to unlearning. 
mm-hmm. that he can say, see what he's actually interested in and say, okay, hey, mommy, can we do this today? Or, hey, mommy, can we try this today? And then we just do it and we try it and we see what he, if he likes it, if he doesn't like it. And it kind of goes to that um, instead of like what you said about instead of teaching versus doing and then letting them see. So that mm-hmm. very much kind of <laughs> transition, not just in a parenting role, but also in an education role for, for my kid, my son as well. So he definitely, um, and with that being said, I was very fortunate to find a space where it's kind of like it's an outdoor learning pod. So kind of like a forest school mentality. Um, and it has that same dynamic. Yeah, it's wonderful. And, uh, it has that same dynamic of, uh, child-led learning. They do have the reading, the writing and the math, but it's like a nice little snippet where he still gets to experience that, but they get to collectively explore too. So it's not just him and I saying, okay, uh, what do you want to do today? And then we go and do it. He has to also experience what he wants to experience, but collectively as a group and understand how to work with others and so that they all can kind of experience what they want to experience. So I kind of, yeah, just ran with that mentality. I absolutely love it. So I'm so glad you mentioned it for sure. So I really feel like yeah. homeschool has changed so much over the past probably decade, but like it is just not what it used to be. It is so much more like, I love the pods. I love the cohorts, you know, like you're still getting so much learning and a lot of hands-on. Yes, definitely. And it's, and it's that opportunity to kind of be a kid too. Mm -hmm. Um, and to really explore and to really expand on their interests. Um, I think that was one thing, um, that I really found with my son in particular is that he, he wouldn't always latch on to something he was interested in. He would see what others would be interested in and then latch on to that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of thought, okay, well, maybe smaller groups are a little bit better for him so that that way it's not as overwhelming to be around so many individuals with so many different, um, you know, directions and just mm-hmm. so that he could kind of hone in and kind of be a little bit more understanding of who he is. Um, before going into a space where there's so many people. So yeah, I, I agree. It's definitely, I even from when we were kids, right? Could you imagine, like, if we had the opportunity to go and run around in the forest and, like, you know, be in nature while we were at yeah. school every single day? Like, oh, my goodness, sign me up for sure. Yeah. Like, I completely agree. I think the, the resources and the spaces and the groups um, that are really starting to develop and, and pop up everywhere, I think, is is really amazing for sure. Growing up in Oregon, we had what was called outdoor school. And I don't know if everybody did this, but it was like one week long, right? In like middle school where we went and stayed overnight at a camp and we did all the like, you know, um, rivers and creeks and trees and, you know, lichen and moss and slugs and all this stuff, you know, you kind of learn about all that, but it was one week and that was in Oregon, you know, where we're, it's kind of a very outdoorsy area. Right. Um, but I can only imagine like being able to experience that every day or even every other day would be like a step up from the eight hours in the classroom, five days a week. Right. A hundred percent. It's like you get a snippet of all the fun stuff you can do all the time. And then you're like, okay, now we're going to go back into the classroom and let's go learn at a desk again kind of thing. So I hear you. We, I don't think we even had that really as much. It wasn't, um, yeah, like there'd be like the field trip. 
Um, but it'd be like one day where you get to go out and like go to like a conservation area or something like that and see it and experience it in a structured way. And then you'd go back to your classroom kind of thing. So yeah, it's definitely exciting to see, see that kind of like develop more as like kids really enjoy it. Let's give them more of it for sure. So yeah, definitely. That's awesome. I love it. Me too. Um, what does it mean to you to be living in your legacy? Ooh, I love this question. Um, for me, it's definitely shifted over time. Um, for me to be living in my legacy is to be living in my authenticity, um, specifically being able to to share my authenticity and living without fear. So it's very emotional based, but also very um, empowered based. So being confident, being living in living in your basically living in your authenticity and following your heart, I would say would be for me living my legacy. So if I could honestly say that, you know, 90% of my choices have been following my heart or following what feels good, I would be, you know, within reason, of course, but I would definitely say I'd be happy for sure to say I'd be living my legacy. Awesome. Yeah. I do love that question. I feel like it can be a challenge to answer, but at the same time, I like thinking about it that way because I want to be living in my legacy, right? I don't want to just be leaving one when I'm gone. I want to be like, doing it now, doing it every day. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's where, that's where everything shifted for me. It was exactly that. I think it was a different way of asking it, but like mm -hmm. the asking myself, like, do I feel purposeful in my life? Like, do I feel like I'm fulfilling something that makes me feel happy? And yeah, definitely. I, but I like how you word it living in your legacy. It definitely leads to a very like, yes, like not just, am I being purposeful, but am I empowered as I'm living mm. in my purpose for sure? I love that. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Uh, where can people find you? Oh, this is a good question. So um, I, my services are available in person, but they're also available online. So a lot of the sessions that I do have for Reiki sessions and workshops, um, meditations are also available online. Um, so to be able to register for those or learn more information, uh, my website is up and running, of course. Uh, it's niamalove.com. And just to tune into even more so, like tune into what my offerings are even more so, and just kind of get a tune for tune into the energy. Um, my Instagram is where I share a lot of my content, um, and that's at niama.love.ko. Uh, and then a little bit gets shared on Facebook as well. Sometimes a little bit of a different, different content. There might be like a memory that pops up on there. Um, but it's just Niamh Love on, on Facebook as well. So yes. And then, yeah, I guess I, I should share that all of, almost all of my offerings are also available online and available remotely because energy transcends time and space. So, yeah. And then I know on the intake, you had mentioned maybe a deal or something like that, that you might be able to offer or a special offer maybe for listeners. 
Sure. Yeah, no worries. Um, so I do have a couple things coming up soon. Coming up to the winter season, I was planning on having a deal for um, any new clients would get 10% off. Um, and then if anyone listening to this podcast hears this, um, just uh, I'll maybe add a promo code. But if you mention probably your podcast uh, mm -hmm. via email after register, I'll give an additional 5% off. So that'd be 15% off the the treatment or the course or whatever, whatever offerings being tuned into. Um, and then I do have another upcoming um, kind of like a sneak preview that I can share. Um, I'm working on an inner child immersive experience right now. And it's kind of, I'm sharing it as I'm doing it kind of thing. And I'm at a point now where I can bring others in. So um, that's going to be upcoming within the next couple months. Uh, and I'll be sharing that um, on my, obviously on my website and on Instagram. And then for anyone who tunes into this podcast, um, if they mention the podcast, uh, I'll give 5% off on that one just because that one is, that one's going to be like, that one's going to be like brand new. It'll be never experienced before um, kind of energy. So yeah, it's definitely going to be a fun, a fun one to do. So if you've ever been curious about inner child work, shadow work, um, any of like self-healing kind of um, all of, all of that's going to be incorporated into it. So that's yeah, amazing. definitely. Awesome. Okay. So yeah. So if they just mentioned living her legacy, either on the intake form for the inner child one or on the email, they'll email a second yeah. email, right. For the, um, for as far as the membership, right. Yeah. So if they, they register online, um, mm -hmm. and then, um, I will be able to, I can give them, uh, I usually respond right away very shortly okay. after. And then if they just respond with the email saying, Hey, I'm this person, then yes, I'll definitely, uh, yeah, for sure. Take care of that. <laughs> so good. Courtney, thank you so much. That's amazing. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Yeah, likewise. I'm very, I'm very grateful too, because I love that you're, you have like the physiotherapy side of it. So it's nice to kind of like, you know, it's yeah. like, it's, it's a human modality. It really is. Right. And it's, I love it. It's beautiful work for sure. It is. It is. And there's, I mean, oftentimes you find in medicine, you see the psychosomatic or the, you know, there's something where just medicine can't touch it physical, you know, it's just, it is something that is mental that needs work. Hundred percent, definitely. Yeah. Work and and patience. Yeah. <laughs> and love. Yeah. For sure. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's really <laughs> that's really what it is because you know, oftentimes that any type of like mental work or self reflection sometimes isn't very fun, right? Because it's getting kind of down into some of those maybe darker places or things that you're not proud of, but you do have to kind of work through it in order to get that freedom from it. And it can be scary. It really mm -hmm. can, like, especially if you're reliving something that was frightful for you or like, um, or traumatic, you typically, you don't want to bring those things up and deal with them again and have them surface and really, but that's, that's the, the whole part of healing is allowing those things to come up and hold space for them and 
trying to find the silver lining and why you experience something like that, what the mm. lesson is in it. And some of these things are not easy to deal with, extremely traumatic things to deal with. And it's easy to say, find the silver lining. But really, until sometimes you take the time to just hold space for it and have the emotions that are assigned to it, cry, mm. like yell, scream, let it out. Right. Then, yeah, sometimes it's really, right? You can't really process it so it's kind of yeah it can be quite the process for sure mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely yeah well I appreciate you so much yeah. thank you so much for your offer thank you for sharing your story yeah thank you so much thank you for having me I appreciate it thank you so much for joining today I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did as always follow along on social media you can find me at Jill G Sutton or at Living Her Legacy podcast. I would love to hang out and chat with you there and just get any feedback you have from the episode, something that you learned. I'd love to just chat with you and I hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you.